Welcome to Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 52 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since 8th grade, Steven. Hello. We made it, dude. We did a whole year of episodes. A whole year. We didn't miss one. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. You had to fill in once for me. I was out. Yeah. But other than that. Model of consistency here (laughs) at Attenuation, a beer podcast. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> so today we thought it'd be fun to do a year in review and look back on our favorite episodes of the podcast and the favorite beers that we drink on the podcast. This is kind of a dual purpose because I think if you're new to the podcast, you'll get a good glimpse into what we some of the our favorite episodes and you can go back and listen to those. And then for the people who listen every week, it'll be a nice callback to some of those episodes. So, you know, an appreciation for all you listeners that have stuck with us every week. Thank we're you. So, we're sorry. <laughs> they wouldn't have stuck with us if they didn't like the product that's true that's true okay so are you ready to for the 52nd time to join me in a beer yes so we are going to do our drinking beer segment that's where we both have a beer we introduce our beer and give nose notes and then i pass it to steven to introduce his beer and do nose notes and then we enjoy the beer and give our tasting notes so today you're going to be jealous steven i have moonraker dojo Oh man, we're gonna pull something good out. <laughs> Which is the double IPA, New England style, eight point five percent, and it's a hazy, and it's supposed to be like mango, pineapple, peach are the primary flavors. So I'm very excited for this one. Okay, ooh, it's pouring a nice hazy, kind of what you'd expect like a hazy IPA to look like, oranges, yellowish, and very opaque. And then there's quite a bit of head, and I can already smell. It's just a tropical bomb, like mango, guava, pineapple, peach, any like just all those tropical flavors that you would expect are just exploding off the top of this beer. So I think this is going to be really good. Nice. What are you drinking today, sir? I have Raspberries My Jam from Foundation Brewing in Portland, Maine. It's a sour ale with raspberries, 5% ABV, pouring a nice like sort of pink color that has a nice sort of pinkish almost kind of orangey hue to it clear real effervescent head it's kind of sticking around a little bit uh right on the nose of course you get raspberry i don't think this beer is going to be super complex but a nice sort of lemony tartness to the aroma as well and just a little bit of earthiness but it doesn't smell too sweet it's a nice sort of raspberry and lemon smell coming off of this so should be good Nice, that sounds good. All right, cheers. Cheers. Okay, this is really good. Um, on I entrance, hate you right now. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I think I can get this pretty regularly, so I might have to go look for another can because this is so good. It's mango, guava, pineapple, peach, and then you get, like, the hoppy pine, and then you get a little bready malt, 
a little bit of like sweet caramel. And then the whole experience is very juicy and creamy. And this is 8.5%, but you can't taste like any alcohol. So this is a dangerous beer, <laughs> especially if you had a couple cans of it, because you could just drink them so easy and be pretty, pretty, pretty uh, <laughs> intoxicated. I remember how drunk we were when we went out to Moonraker. And drink. Yes. And yeah, we, we like both fell asleep in the Uber. <laughs> yeah, we we really um lived it up that day. We we Ubered over. Yeah, we had um there was <laughs> there was literally a lobster <laughs> food truck. Oh yeah, and it, I think I it even said that day for some reason I said I had never had lobster before or something, and then all of a sudden the lobster truck pulls in. Yes, and I was like, okay, this is destiny. You need to eat (laughs) lobster. And it was some crazy, they like, it was fancy food truck. I remember it was expensive, but it was really good. They actually got like, I think they had, they like airshipped the lobster in or something. Yeah, it was like fresh lobster. It's Cousins. Cousins Main Lobster is the food truck. And actually, they're all over. Like, we have them here too. Okay. And yeah, they get their, get the lobster like shipped in. That's crazy. The night before. Yeah. So anyways, it was really good. Yeah, it's good. And Moonraker was really fun. Okay, sorry. So mine's a big thumbs up. Big thumbs up, of course. Dojo, right? Dojo? Dojo. There's a there's single, I think it's called Yojo. Uh, the only reason I feel a little bit not so jealous is I am getting the Yojo in a Tavor box pretty soon. So. Oh, perfect. That's the nice thing is I can get Moonraker occasionally. It, it pops up on Tavor, so. Well, when you come out for the Pliny, you should... We'll go to Nugget and look for. Uh, that's where I got this. So I bet they'll have more yeah, cans. Of then you can do a Yojo Dojo side by side. Ooh, making me excited. Heck yeah. All right, cool. So thumbs up from you. Yep. This is a big thumbs up too for me. This beer is really good. I mean, like I said, it's not super complex. Uh, it actually tastes. It doesn't explicitly say this on the can, but it tastes very Berliner Weiss to me. Just that sort of nice lemon, lime, almost tastes like you're drinking like a raspberry Sprite. There's just enough sort of like earthiness and uh, like a cracked wheat yeasty backbone there that reminds you that you're drinking a beer. Uh, But other than that, uh, it's just a nice sort of tart lemon lime raspberry beer. But it's really nice. Very easy to drink. Raspberry's my jam. Aptly named. (laughs) That sounds like a good one. I love raspberry in my beer, so... (laughs) You're raspberry and I'm cherry. Yeah. Okay, so thumb, two thumbs up. We're off to a good start. Okay, and then you have beer news that I'm excited about. Yes. So it's funny. I was actually listening to some old episodes throughout the week just to kind of like get ready for this episode. And I think episode 13, we were talking about in that beer news sec- segment, you brought up that Sierra Nevada was coming out with this atomic torpedo beer, which was East Coast, West Coast, like hybrid style, double IPA. There's also, they name them new school IPAs. Anyway, it's just sort of a combination between the kind of rides the middle between that like bitter, more maltier IPA, classic West Coast style IPA, and then more like dry hoppings and trying to get more juicy aromatics and flavors out of it so this is kind of a combination of the two uh, so anyway it's kind of funny just because I, I listening to the episode i was like i don't really remember you know like i just never really we never really followed up i don't think i've seen it in the stores but i realized that like just the day before on instagram uh, sierra nevada had posted about it and that like it's coming out now 
should be in the stores now. It's coming in both a 19-ounce can, like a big can. And then it's also coming in a set. There's this, like, hoppy sampler that's coming out. It's, a like, a 24-pack of bottles that has a combination of Dankful IPA, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, just the regular Torpedo, and then the Atomic Torpedo. Pretty nice little box set. Yeah, I'm excited it's finally coming out. Because I remember we talked about it, and then it just, like, vanished. I never heard about it again. And I feel like that was, like, nine months ago. So... Yeah, it's finally here. And I, I, I think I'd, I would love to get my hands on one of these packs and just like it'd be really good for bringing to like a get together because there's like a little bit of something for everybody. And you could do totally. a really fun. You could do like a flight and do like the pale ale, the dankful, the torpedo and the atomic torpedo. I think it'd be really fun to taste them all side by side. Throw a hoptimum in there, too. Yeah, get a hoptimum and then be like the, the top end. <laughs> that'd be perfect. That would be pretty cool, actually. I don't know if you can still get Optimum right now, but maybe if I can find both, I could do that. So that's really cool. Okay, well, that's exciting. I'm going to look for that. Maybe if I can just, if I, maybe I can find it, just find the 19 ounce can. I can drink it on the podcast. That'd be kind of fun. Copy sampler, Atomic Torpedo IPA, double IPA. Yeah, those tall boy cans are, it's a lot of beer. Sierra Nevada is really into those now too. They have like, they do um, a lot of their beers in those like tall cans. Mm-hmm. I think I have actually seen the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in the big can like that. And then I think Stone does a few of those, too. Okay. It's kind of nice because it's like it's not quite a bomber, but it's more than I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a pretty nice size to share, too. You're pouring it mm. out. Cool. All right. I'm on the hunt for Atomic Torpedo. I saw this one beer on Tavor. It was like a stout. And I think it was a, I don't know, it was like maybe 11 or 12% ABV. But it was actually an 8-ounce can. It was a small can. I was like, oh, that's kind of brilliant. you know? Cause that is smart. It's the equivalent of, like, because <laughs> it's still, like, probably, like, drinking two whole beers almost if it's that high of percentage. Right, but, exactly. Yeah, that's, like, a perfect amount. Yeah, at that high ABV, it's kind of nice that you're not having to open a, a right. huge amount of it. So that's, that's, cool. my, that's my number one complaint against those, like, barrel-aged stouts is, like... You're always you a have, bomber. You're committing. Yeah. <laughs> They're usually always in a bomber and then it's like nine to fourteen percent. So it's like when you open that thing, if it's just you, buckle up. Yeah, I remember drinking twelve ounces of parabola that nearly knocked me out in my <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's a young man's game, Steve. What's your more too old? When we when you drink a lot of alcohol at our age, you just fall asleep. <laughs> Stick to my five percent Berliner Weiss. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so that was our beer news, and sometimes we do postscripts as well, where we correct things in previous episodes, but I don't think we have any corrections to report. We're perfect. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, do you want to do your favorite episodes first, or favorite beers first? Uh, episodes? Yeah, let's do episodes. Okay, so I picked three, and then I cheated and picked a fourth. Do you want to just go back and forth? Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Okay, I went super far back, all the way to episode two. <laughs> which is gateway beers because I love that concept. And that's kind of like when we made the podcast, we kind of wanted it to be helpful for people that want to get into craft beer. And so our idea of gateway beers were beers that are really approachable and um, available like nationwide, hopefully, because there's a lot of stuff that's only regionally available. And I think we picked, I don't remember exactly how many we did, but we just kind of picked, this is a good beer for this style to start with. So that was fun. It was fun to think about, and then I think it's a really useful episode. Yeah, I think it's a good representation of our goal with making this podcast is just like help people get into craft beer and 
kind of share this hobby with other people. And I mean, we both had, I think, had our experiences with like finding beers that got us into this hobby. Yes. <laughs> we both drank Paps Blue Ribbon at one point. Uh-huh. <laughs> I liked Miller High Life. <laughs> graduated to 805. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now we're drinking barrel-aged unicorn blood. Yep. We're at the far end of the spectrum. So but. so I really like that episode. So I recommend it if you're new to the podcast, go check it out. The, the audio quality will be terrible. Yeah. And the editing yeah. is terrible. The... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we screwed up the intro. Oh, we screwed up the intro for like the first 60 episodes. <laughs> or we haven't done that many. Sorry, like 40 episodes. Uh, finally stopped being funny. So we stopped yeah, doing I mean, it. Start, just get embarrassing eventually. <laughs> couldn't believe we couldn't do it right yeah at some point jason starts writing the intro and writing a script cues to himself <laughs> yeah otherwise i'll mess it up all right well my favorite episode one of my favorite episodes was the was episode 41 it was our deep dive into rubicon brewing when we do these deep dives into the history of you know these older breweries uh, it's just we'd learned so much. And one of the things I love about Rubicon is that it's kind of like one of the greatest breweries you probably haven't heard of. You know, like there's a smaller brewery in Sacramento, but it's so important to the craft beer scene. I mean, learning about all the people that went there and were inspired by the beer there and the fact that they had a you know Rubicon IPA in a time that almost nobody was brewing an IPA. And that IPA went on to inspire, you know, Vinny from Russian River to to brew Blind Pig and many other IPAs after that, of course. And I just think I just thought it was such a cool history that I did not know. And, like, and just being able to like look back at like some old interviews and old YouTube videos about Rubicon Brewing, it was just fascinating. Fascinating yeah. to know that, that there was that much beer history like so close to me growing up. Yeah, and I feel like they don't get enough credit in this in like the history of craft beer. Like you always think of Sierra Nevada, Anchor Steam, Russian River, but they were like almost just as influential. And so that was really cool to learn so much about them. Yeah, I and don't think they get, they don't even get like mentioned. I mean, I thought actually they might get mentioned in Brewmance and they never did. So, right. I think there is one documentary I still need to watch that's like all about California craft beer. Okay. Evolution. So it'd be interesting to see if they get mentioned in that. And then, you know, the other thing, their pale ale monkey knife fight was just a super influential beer for me at a time when I was like starting to get into craft beer and drink hoppier styles, monkey knife fight, Sierra Nevada pale ale, pseudo soup pale ale. Those were beers that like made me start learning and understanding hops without being like super bitter. So that style is just important to my craft beer journey. And then monkey knife fight just fits into that. Well, so nice. Another little cool tie in to that brewery. So Rubicon brewing deep dive episode 41. It's one of my favorites. Okay. So I'll tell you my, I did a bonus one and I just wrote all the deep dives. (laughs) (laughs) I cheated. (laughs) That is cheating. Cause I, I don't know. Every time we do a deep dive, I always either learn so much about a style or a brewery that I like reappreciate it all over again. And then I think like, oh, I never really appreciated like what I was drinking. So I like when we do a deep dive. Okay, my next so one So the is... other three are not deep dive ones. No. So I you have pick. your three favorite other than deep dives and then deep dives are okay. Yes. They're my mm-hmm. 
bonus ones. Okay, so my second favorite episode was, or I guess, yeah, probably second favorite, was Seattle Bro Venture. That was episode 10. And that is when we came back from our trip to Seattle to drink a bunch of good beers. I just like listening. I listened listen to it again because it made me remember that trip fondly. Yeah, it's kind of a nice just record of that trip for us. You can look back and listen to that and remember stuff about that trip. It's actually one of our most listened to episodes. Oh, that's fun. So, Gosh, that trip was so fun. We got to go on another one soon. Yeah, being able to just go to one location. And that beer scene there is just stupid. Oh, it was yeah. so easy. We were just like, oh, we're at this brewery. Oh, look, it's across the street. Like this crazy brewery. Like it was so fun. <laughs> We happened to go to Bailbreaker on their release of their triple IPA Mount St. Humulus, which was ended up being one of our favorite beers of the whole trip. Yes, and that was totally unplanned. Totally unplanned, yep. That was amazing. That was we got so lucky. Yeah, that brewery was special. It was fun. It was like it's so out of the way. I feel like every single person there was like a regular. <laughs> so I feel like we we're like crashing a house party, but they were everyone was really nice. But yeah, that was so cool. I like that place. Uh, they have a tap room now in um, downtown Seattle, so it's nice because you don't have to drive like two hours out to Yakima if you want to. Oh, that's convenient. Because yeah, it's kind of it's out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, like... even when I was making a list of breweries I wanted to visit in Seattle, I was like, I think Bill Baker's pretty close, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that is going to be a whole day trip. But right, it's four hours round trip <laughs> driving, so that was worth it. No, it was worth it. So that's cool. They have a tasting room. That's awesome. So you can actually yeah, just get some of their beer in Seattle. All right. Good pick. Good pick. Fun trip. Where are we going next? Hmm. We World could do beer my... festival, but like I'm thinking like. I want to do another like we go to a city and just hit a bunch of breweries, though, because that's really fun. Yeah. I want to go to Treehouse, but it's also in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Do a Boston trip. That would be cool. It's a long flight, though, too. Yeah, I know it's funny when like you have to think about travel too. Well, because we're not coming from the same place, that's what makes it complicated. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. That's that's why Seattle is so convenient because it was like a little slightly longer yeah. for you, but it's kind of close. Yeah, to both of us. but there's a lot of like um, if you fly, uh, what's the airline out of there? Alaskan? It's Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their hub. Yeah, if you fly Alaskan, it's like super easy for out of Austin too. It's just a quick anything nonstop, not that bad. Right. Yeah. I know. <laughs> if you have a layover, it's terrible. I hate layovers. I, a lot of times I'll just do them because it's like the cheaper flight. But yeah, gosh, flying direct is the best. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, my second episode should not be a surprise to anybody, but it's the deep dive into the Goza style. It's episode 25. Of course, of course. I can't believe it took us 25 episodes to even do that one, but... <laughs> yeah, your favorite style. Yeah, if you um, uh, are an avid listener to this podcast, you know that the Goza is my ultimate favorite style of beer. It's one of the first styles that I actually like really enjoyed and thought, oh, like there is beer for me. Uh, there is beer I like. Uh, it was when I drank... Ultra Base from Sierra Nevada. In fact, I drank that beer, and it's kind of funny. I, I mean, I, I very vividly remember not not only vividly remember that that tasting, but I vividly remember just like seeking out, like like learning. Oh, goes okay. What, what does that mean? I, I probably you know mispronounced it at first. <laughs> Thought it was goes or something. Oh yeah, but, I probably called it like goose, ghost, ghost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so i quickly learned like exactly how to pronounce it and anytime i would see that 
style. I mean, now you see it so much more. I mean, you used to not be able to. There were not that many breweries making gozas. No. Um, and now it's everywhere. But yeah, now the style, kind of like the Berlin and Weiss, has been kind of hacked up and mutilated. Sometimes <laughs> they take it a little too far. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I do. I mean, I'm one of those people that really, really enjoys the stripped down bare bones goza, just the salt coriander in a in a slightly tart wheat base. So, so I, I really appreciate the the basic gozas. But anyway, it was fun to learn about. I mean, this is a beer that like is very old. I mean, the history of this beer is very long, and the fact that the that this style even continues to be made now. I mean, it had to be saved from the scrap heap of history, basically. So it's just cool that we have that and we have brewers willing to brew it now. Yeah, it was one of those beers. It's like a common thing in our deep dives where, like, it all it almost was gone off the planet. And then, like, either one person or, like, one brewery, like, holds fast for, like, 20 years and then it <laughs> gets popular again and then it's saved. So luckily the Goza is here and it made me get into craft beer yeah it's so sad they don't make that sierra nevada ultra base the original recipe anymore yeah they made it, it more so like a ga- agave lime now instead of the what was it called cactus it was, was a cact- it was a special cactus i don't remember the exact cactus but um it was totally different formulation and i like the old one way better yeah they'll bring it back Maybe someday, yeah. A lot of people call for it. Uh, everyone smiles here in Nevada, but like, what beer would you want us to make or something? And everyone's just like, original Go Treves. Hello. Is that what they say? Yeah. I, that's, that's my vote. Yeah, it's a surprisingly popular request. Yeah, they need to bring that back. That and uh, Lagunitas Aunt Sally. Yeah. If I could bring any beer back, that's the one. <sighs> oh that's a great beer. Come on, Lagunitas. I like literally had it in my fridge. <laughs> All the time. Like if I ran out, if I drank the last one, I like run to the store and get another six pack and just put it back in my fridge because I always wanted to have one and it was gone and I was very sad. Yeah, I will say the saddest day will be if Anderson Valley ever stops making briny wine. <gasps> Although I don't think that will ever happen. Don't even say that. That's horrible. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> they better not. That's they better not stop yeah, making. That's that. a pretty. That's like a flagship beer for them. So I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> I won't manifest that. Sorry. Don't. Yeah, don't put that out into the universe. (laughs) All right. So my favorite episode I think we ever did was (laughs) episode 44, Snobs versus Geeks, where we had to embrace that we're a little bit snobbish and a little bit geeky. A little bit of both. A lot of uh, looking in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Hard realizations. Yeah, realizing that we're not as geeky as we thought, more snobby. Yeah. It, I mean, kind of comes with the territory. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I've come to terms with the fact that part of my personality, part of the way I experience beer, drink beer, uh, is just going to be snobby, going to be considered snobby to most people. Because, I mean, I don't like to drink anything twice. Right. Really, which is... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, like, only want new experiences. Yeah. And Luckily, we don't have the dark side of the snob, which is like where you judge other people for what they're drinking. Neither of us would ever do that. Whatever people want to drink is that's cool. But yeah, we do fall victim to like our white whale list, and <laughs> I always yeah. want like these super rare barrel aged beers that you can only get once a year, and I'll do anything to get them. So that's not really very geeky because the geek 
is more kind of goes with the flow. They're just enjoying drinking beer and they're not taking it too seriously. And the snob is making lists and <laughs> fly, flying to other states to drink beer. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I'm flying out to California to get Pliny the Younger. So there you go. You know, <laughs> most people would say I'm pretty crazy for that. Not me. No. Nope. Actually, it's I pretty totally funny. Understand. I I follow this this guy. He's like a beer blogger out of the Pacific, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle or something. And he made a post about he's gonna go down to the Planet of the Younger release. I was like, dang, there are people like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met a bunch of them in that long yeah. five-hour line we waited in. I mean, I know there are. It's just weird realizing that there are people that have, like plan trips from a fair distance away to just go get this beer which makes me feel better yeah you should feel good you have good taste that's why you go (laughs) so we are hybrid beer geeks and snobs that's correct a little bit of column a a little bit of column b um my third favorite was the ads and marketing episode oh i love that episode We, um, you know, the deep dive episodes and stuff where we do history are always fun, but some of these like silly episodes that we did are great too. And, and the, the, the beer marketing and ads one is great just cause it just made me like go down the rabbit hole, the YouTube rabbit hole of like all these old Budweiser commercials and stuff that I remember like playing during Super Bowls so many years ago and, and the whole Budweiser frog saga with the lizards is just, it was just fun. So looking back at those ads and kind of talking about how beer gets marketed and stuff, it was just, it was just a cool, it was a like somewhat educational, but also just fun and silly episode. So. Yeah, it was great. And I just, you almost forget, like, I don't know, there's not ads like that anymore. And they had like story arcs that would like evolve over time. Oh, yeah, it's crazy how complicated they were. It was kind of like it was the YouTube of that time period. Like, I don't know. You said, I don't know. Kids these days won't understand. But and Super Bowl ads still strive to be like funny and interesting. But I don't know. You can just like watch YouTube. You can watch silly stuff and fun stuff all the time now. Yeah. But, like, that didn't exist when I was a kid. So when you get to see these like really off the wall zany ads, it was like the only time you'd ever see something like that. So it was like more magical back then, I think. And now it's just like, eh, yeah, we have funny. We can watch funny vines all day. Like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. what does what is TikTok other than just a bunch of funny stuff? You know? Or, yeah, like, watch funny TikTok constantly. All day. Yep. So we're just like desensitized to it, I think. But <laughs> I know I would sort of hate to be like someone who had to create a Super Bowl commercial now. Oh, yeah. Like, what just, are you going to do? Everything's yeah. been done. Yeah, it's it's hard to be funny now in that space. But, yeah, that was, like, the medium available for, was commercials for these, like, funny. And, like, it didn't, it wasn't even selling the product, really, other than just making a funny commercial around that thing. And that's what made it memorable. Yeah, so, totally. All right. Well, you want to move on to beers? Oh, sure. Yeah, we can do our favorite beers. Okay. So this one that might be on your list too. Atrial Rubicite from Jester King Brewing. It is. <laughs> well, it was so fun because we drank it at the same time on the podcast. So it was yeah. a little bit like old times when we drink beer together in person. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. One of the best beers I think I've ever had, honestly. I and agree. It's, and it's funny too because I'm you know, a big raspberry beer fan. And so to drink something like, uh, you know, it's it's easy to think 
it's just going to be another raspberry beer but the way that that beer captured the essence of picking a fresh raspberry off the vine and eating it it's pretty incredible yeah it was i don't know how they pull it off (laughs) it was so good and it wasn't like a lot of times when you see those big fruit beers you think they're gonna be overpoweringly sweet but it's not it was just like the essence Mm. of raspberry it's so good yeah uh, the really cool thing about Jester King is a lot of the beers, um, I, don't, I don't know if all of them are like this, but most of them, they don't manipulate their water. They they just use Texas well water. Wait, and, really? Yeah. And then almost everything, a lot of the stuff that they use in their beer is grown on site. So it's like a big farm, too, or locally sourced, at least. And then their, you know, their house culture yeast is or either wild fermented or they use this specific house yeast so anyway everything is just very like texas terroir and i think that's why you're able to capture that sort of earthiness as well that's so cool i didn't know they just used their straight water that's brave <laughs> i feel like a lot of breweries now is they um manipulate their water like add minerals or change the ph to try to get like exactly what they need but yep, they're a very cool brewery i'm lucky to be close to them yeah, I'm definitely jealous of that. I always wanted to try something from Jester King. So when we had that together, I was like, one, it was amazingly good. And two, I finally got a Jester King beer. I was excited. I moved away from a lot of good breweries, but that's one that... You moved to... I, yeah, well, that's the thing. I, that's one like, I'm glad I got close to. Yeah, and there's a lot of good breweries everywhere now, so... Yeah, you need to just come here and we'll drink through Austin. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll just come to you and then we'll just... You can take me around. There's a lot of good ones here. I want to eat some, I want to drink all your best beers, and I want to eat some Texas barbecue. Oh, uh, yeah. Get you some Franklin's. Okay. But, I don't know what that is, but it sounds yeah, good. It's, uh, like, the best barbecue place in Texas. Nice. I mean, I'm sure somebody would argue. Yes, not, they're going to argue. People that have had it are like, yeah, yeah it's it's awesome. <laughs> okay, that's what I want. Franklin's and Jester King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a, that'd be a good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, one of my first, one, well, other than H.O. Rubicite, but uh, Miss Marmalade was a orange sour from Martin House Brewing. I did a side-by-side tasting with a with Lady Marmalade, which is the whiskey barrel-aged version of the sour. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. This is like a best and worst because that beer was terrible. The barrel-aged one. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, it was horrible. I didn't, I got like three sips into it and i don't think i drank any more than that uh it was really bad but the original regular orange it was like an orange and lactose sour was really really good and martin house i mean their sours are awesome and they're super super sour so i don't know this beer is probably not for everybody but i just loved it and uh that one i just chugged it was so so good well i remember because you drank that one and you were like obsessed with it and then you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you hated the barrel age version. Yeah, the other one, other one was garbage. That's funny. Well, that just goes to show not every single beer should be aged barrel aged. Yeah, um, and it's cool. I mean, they do a lot of cool experimental stuff at Martin House, so you know it's not always going to be really good. They make a pizza beer that, what? like everybody says, just tastes like pizzas if you would like blended it up. I don't like that. <laughs> Why does that exist? <laughs> they even they'll even um they even laugh about like some of the yelp reviews on that beer or untapped reviews that were like like half a star this beer just tastes like pizza and they're like uh it's a pizza beer yeah (laughs) it's supposed to taste like pizza it should be a five star review (laughs) (laughs) 
That's funny. I, we're doing exactly what we said we did, and we got in trouble. <laughs> so, anyway, they do crazy stuff there. Uh, so, it does not it doesn't always work out exactly. I'm surprised. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, maybe somebody likes it. I don't know. But, I don't know. I'm surprised that they, like, went through the trouble of bottling that. And Well, it's like... I can eat pizza, and then I can drink a good beer with pizza. That sounds amazing. I don't want to drink pizza. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I guess this is the novelty of it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so the whiskey barrel aged uh, Lady Marmalade, no good, but Miss Marmalade down. was awesome. That's another one I want to try. Okay, so my second favorite beer that I had on the podcast was Death by Cherries from Revolution Brewing Company because it's cherries are jam. Yeah. <laughs> I love cherry and beer, and I love barrel-aged stout. So they take their, I think it's called Death Star, barrel-aged imperial oatmeal stout, and then they just age it with cherries. It's like all I need in a beer. Yeah. It's 12.5%. <laughs> it actually comes Recipe in, for Jason's happiness. Yes. It comes in, it, says it, come, it only comes in 12-ounce cans, too, which is interesting. Well, that's good. 12-ounce cans good, too. Especially with that ABV. So. Oh, it's interesting. I'm just looking it up. Death Tar is even a higher ABV. It's 14.8%. Yeah, so it cools off a little bit? Or yeah, just, yeah I, don't um, know how, I don't know what happens in the difference, but it's a little bit less intense. Wow, 14.8 is a lot. I've never had the actual base, so it'd be really cool to get the base and then try the cherry version like side by side. But that's in Chicago, so I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. It's kind of like, um, what is the the first nail? That's the yeah rust, the base of the rusty nail. I've never seen that in a bottle ever. Do they not? I wonder if they don't bottle it. Maybe it's something that's just available on tap. Oh, I see. A, I there's a bottle. There's a picture of it online. Of so the I first nail bottle. In a bottle. Also, like watch them more carefully and see if they ever release that. Yeah, that would be cool to get because it's their base, and then I think they build a lot of their stouts off of that. Making me want to drink a rusty nail just looking at this picture. Because <laughs> the bottle looks very similar. Well, I have a cherry beer, too, that was amazing on the podcast. And that was the new Glarus Belgian Red. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I forgot you drank that for a second. Yeah, that's uh, that was pretty awesome. That beer is unbelievable. Yeah, that beer. That's was- another beer that you're like, oh, it's just. It's just a cherry beer, but like I don't know, they just pull. It's like the it's the essence of cherry. Like, yeah, I mean, there's something about too like the way it almost felt kind of like there was whipped cream in there, like and it's like vanilla, but they didn't put any vanilla in there. Like I don't know, it's just this like crazy tasting experience, like this crazy like sort of cherry pie with whipped cream tasting experience. It's just like a cherry lambic, and it's just so good. Yeah, we for whatever reason at the local like super tiny brew fest we got, there's only be like twenty breweries there. They <laughs> they would send those over. So there'd be like a representative just pouring them. Obviously they didn't come. But they would have a bunch of bottles of uh New Glarus Belgian Red. Which made no sense because they don't even sell the beer outside of Wisconsin. But yeah, I would just keep drinking it. I remember I got like really tipsy at one of the one of those events and I came home and I was telling my wife about this beer. And I kept telling her there's a pound of cherries in every bottle. And apparently I would not shut up about it. So sometimes when <laughs> she makes fun of me, she says, is there a pound of cherries in the bottle of that beer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But uh, that beer fest is gone so now. So saying that, too. <laughs> uh-huh. She has, yeah, she's got to take the stuffing out of me from time to time. <laughs> 
But yeah, they don't do that fest anymore, so I have not had one for a long time. So if we have any listeners in Wisconsin, slide into our DMs. Let's work something out. We'll do a big yeah, trade. Please. We'll do a big trade. I can get you Pliny the Elder. Yeah, nice. I could. There's... I looked into trading before just because I can't get Pliny so easily, and that is kind of like a golden ticket in the trading world, but it just seems like such a pain because like the shipping is insanely expensive because the beer is so heavy. Yeah, and then it's heavy and fragile. It. Yeah, you got to package it really carefully because you don't want it to like shatter or like you don't want the cap to pop off like halfway there. You just get a big drippy box. And then apparently you're not supposed to send it through the mail. I don't think you'll get in trouble. But what I have heard is if they figure out what it is, they'll just confiscate it. Yeah. So you kind of got to disguise what you're shipping as well. You know, I took some uh, beers in my luggage one time, Mm -hmm. and it was crazy because one of the bottles leaked out, but it, like, didn't, but the, like, cap was still on. Oh, weird. Like, the bottle was almost empty, but I still had to, like, pop the cap off of the bottle. It must have just made a little leak. Yeah, like, it expanded just enough Uh or something. That the cap didn't come off, but all the beer leaked out. Ooh, I've done that, too. Was it in your, um checked-in luggage yeah yeah did it ruin everything in your uh no it's fine okay i just had to wash more clothes <laughs> yeah i've done that before too I'm, luckily that didn't happen i think i did it with cans though yeah cans usually are fine and all the other bottles were fine i took like 12 bottles with me and oh, okay it's just that one that like just happened to leak out a little bit but it was so weird because i was like trying to figure out which one, like i thought i was going to have like a broken bottle right and no it was just like one was just perfectly empty. intact but just <laughs> I like that when we travel now, like 90% of our luggage is beer. Because <laughs> I remember when we came back from uh, Seattle, we took, brought a bunch of beers. So I was like packing yeah. them in tight. And every time I'm like, oh, I hope all of this makes it. Yeah, please don't blow up. <laughs> all right, cool. So uh, let's see. You have another one? Yeah. Double Mosaic Dream from Other Half. Yeah. I got like four Other Half beers from Tavor. They're all amazing, but this one was, like, next level. It was so incredibly good. And then I knew other half was the real deal. <laughs> yeah, like, drinking an IPA, especially IPAs from other half, Moonraker, uh, Treehouse. Like, there's there's a few where you drink it, and it's just, like, it's something else. Like, you know, it's just, like, sometimes it's hard to really capture that in, like, a like a, just a description in words but it's just different it is a different level yeah it is it's like those something about those world-class beers you can't always put your finger on it but you're like yeah this is something special i think balance plays into it a lot they're just mm-hmm. they're flavorful but balanced nothing ever nothing is like screaming too loudly that kind of thing yeah it's like a super coherent consistent experience that's amazing like through the whole thing and nothing like pokes out or goes on a little too long or feels out of place everything is just like perfectly dialed in so that's how this one was exactly yeah i would definitely drink that one again you know the other one i remember because i've done a few side-by-side tastings but the um pickle beer side-by-side that was was (laughs) side by side by side i remember you did that that. actually was pretty cool like it's surprising that i was able to get three different pickle beers you know i just i just had a third iteration of that martin house pickle beer so they had the best made pickle beer it's their original and then i drank a grape pickle beer really great great version of it that one i was not so hot on i don't really like artificial grape flavor stuff anyway that was not good but they made a tropical punch pickle beer okay and it was better it was 
actually more balanced because from that side by side tasting, I really liked uh, Free Tail Brewing's pickle beer because it was more of like a pickle goza. Like you, it had more characteristics of a goza with like just a pickle adjunct. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't overwhelming. Whereas the Martin House Best Made Pickle Beer, like, is just literally like drinking straight pickle juice. <laughs> So that's what's nice about the tropical punch version was that it like kind of mellowed out the pickle, um, added a little bit of that sweet into it, and made it a more balanced drinking experience for sure. But nice, still weird. <laughs> yeah, it's our pickle beer is already weird enough, and they're making like tropical and grape. It's crazy. So that was a, cool. I remember that was a very memorable side by side tasting. Yeah, that was a, that's a fun one. Oh, I also want to add my worst beer. Oh, this is good. I As didn't a bonus, prepare for this. There was one I drank called Fluctuation from Equilibrium Brewing. I think it was episode nine. That was so terrible. I don't know. I just like couldn't even drink it. I was like, oh, I'll just keep drinking this. But then I couldn't even make myself do it. It was like, I don't know if it tasted old or just I didn't like the hop combination or what. Because, I mean, Equilibrium IPAs tend to rate pretty high. They seem to be pretty popular, but this one was not good. That's a bummer. I wonder if you got like a bad bad batch or something. Or... Yeah, yeah, and maybe I don't know. I don't know if I looked at the can date or anything to see if it was a little bit old. That's always possible. So maybe it was a little like skunky or something, but I don't know. Not good. I wish I kept track of my least favorite. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Maybe I'll post script it, but I drank a couple on here that I didn't finish. <laughs> What's funny is now that I, I still see, like, my local beer shop carries a lot of Equilibrium, and uh, I, I can't bring myself to buy it <laughs> from one like, bad nope. beer. Yeah. Like, no. First got impressions. Me, got me yep. one. <laughs> First impressions matter. <laughs> it's so sad, because I'm sure I'll bet something in there is good, but... Yeah, you're probably missing out. Go try one. Yeah, I should. Give them another shot. Yeah, if I can get a single or something, maybe I'll try another one. Yeah, do it. I ain't buying a six-pack. No, don't commit to the full six-pack. <laughs> just buy a single. Yeah, okay, so, that, so was that was the worst. So that was your favorites and your least favorite. And we did our favorite episodes as well. All right, cool. Well, I guess that's our year-in-review episode. Yeah, go back and check those episodes out. Yeah, definitely. If you're new to the podcast, I would definitely recommend listening to one of those six. I think they're great episodes. Obviously, all the episodes are wonderful, but... Yeah, every single one is special in its own way. But those six really stand out. (laughs) And the first, like, what, ten? Really working everything out. Yeah. And it starts to get better. Slightly better. There's still a long way to go. (laughs) After a year, though, we've we've, we've got it down now. It's a rough science now. Yeah. A polished right. turd. <laughs> a semi-polished turd. Yes. <laughs> I don't polish it too much. So you still know it's a turd. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, we're off the rails. All okay. right. This has been episode 52 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. <laughs> my name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since eighth grade, Steven. That's me. And we are saying cheers. Thanks for joining us for 52 episodes, and we'll be back with episode 53 next week all right starting the new year 
<laughs> our new year. A, a new year. <laughs> yeah. Like the fiscal year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's our yeah. Fiscal year uh, March twenty twenty two. All right, sir. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Attenuation of Your Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram or Facebook for more fun content. Catch you next week. Cheers. <laughs>